Yo! <laughs> What's going on, everybody? First off, yo, Danny. Yo, yo, yo. yo. First off, uh, we're going to shout out the music. Uh, that was the Young Prince Prophet. He just came out with a new track. Life can be a beach. 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 Yeah, like, I'm on the beach. Uh, <laughs> anywho, this is episode 17. No Alliance, checking in. Henry Woods, yo, I'm looking at him. Yo. September 5th. Yo. What's up, bro? What's going it's on? It's been man? a little while. You know, we had shout out to all the listeners. We got, I think we got a <laughs> highest rated. We on our way to, uh, you know, we CNN, there. We MSNBC. We contracts are in talks. <laughs> for yeah. All right. So, so what's up, bro? You got the first topic in the doc. You yeah, know, we gonna try to make you. these a uh, little bit shorter now, since y'all, you know, apparently digging it now. So Henry, kick us off, bro. So annoying. All right, we're going to hit you with the food for thought. Um, Senator Jesse Hamilton uh, from New York, he introduced a bill that would criminalize people calling 911 on people of color with false accusations. Um, so he was in the neighborhood passing out flyers and whatnot, and someone called the police on him, saying he didn't belong there. So, of course, him being offended, he introduces a bill. And I think that's a great way to retaliate on a situation as such. Uh, I also think that is a good initiative, especially with what's going on in the black community with like random police calls being mm-hmm. made for whatever reason. So yeah, I think it was a great thing. So shout out to him. Yeah, Jordan, I think it, like you said, I think it's important to turn like his ev- or not his, but like the everyday reality into actual legislation. Like this happened to me, and just be and I'm. A politician, so I can't imagine how many other more people is talking. Right. Who remember, like this is probably a common thing for other people. So let me actually turn a life, a direct life experience, into something that can be prevented. So that's shout out to him. Yeah. So now we're gonna go into the daily um, <laughs> Trump, or into the biweekly uh, Trump uh, drama series. <laughs> I can't even talk. Right. Um, so this happened a couple weeks ago, but you know we like to keep everybody caught up. So Michael Cohen, um, he officially basically. I mean, surrendered to the FBI, gave in, you know, or not even the FBI. I think it was to like a New York court. Yeah, I think. It was a New York. So basically, he um, basically pled guilty for to some counts. No, no, oh, no, that was Manafort. So we can talk about him too. Yeah, all of this everybody stuff, guilty. Like what? Everybody guilty. Uh, so on the same day, pay- that's what on the same day. Are. Yeah, because. Like, of course, I get the notification on my phone. The world, I, the world is falling. Right. And I check it out. I'm like, whoa, whoa. this is crazy. Um, so f- for context, um, Cohen, who was Trump's like personal lawyer, he basically got hit on some tax stuff and some business dealings. Um, his campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, who Henry was talking about, had the eight counts. He was like for, you know, like failing to uh, identify the foreign agent. Um, misleading the IRS for like tax documents. Um, it's real out here. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's real, real. Uh, to me, I was just like, wow. So we may actually like be able to see some truth in this uh, because originally I was thinking they were going to try to cover it up and all of this and that, but. Yo, honor, I did it. <laughs> right. Uh, no, nah, so that's something to Henry and I going to keep you posted because eventually something something going to happen. Get it, bro. <laughs> when it does happen, we'll be we'll be here. So I'll let Henry take uh, the next joint um, with uh, the college students. 
Um, so, yeah, a college student got jailed for lying saying two black athletes raped her. I think this is important for several reasons. It's just simply important. Like, in history, these situations have happened. Like, if you remember the Emmett Till situation, like, it was a similar event. Someone accusing someone of, like, coming on to them or, like, raping them. So... Like, is that serious? I'm, I don't want to say I'm glad she's going to jail, but I'm glad to see the system working in a way that it should. Especially when it didn't, like, all those other times where it was like, oh, this, you know, like, how it was always, like, the common, like, kind of joke of, like, oh, like, you couldn't, like, whistle at a white person. Like, you couldn't, like, if you were just accused of doing something, people, like, ended up getting killed right. for that. And... It's good to see, one, that the people who were wrongly accused on, like, a legal standpoint from, like, those two individuals and their families didn't have to, like, go to jail, suffer imprisonment for that. But it's also good that the person who was lying is being held accountable for her actions. So that's, exactly. That's good. So now, we're gonna, <laughs> now, Henry, we're going to hit you with a little policy talk. Nah, um, I think it's good because, I mean, I, I feel like everybody has dealt with or just this, and because of the area of work, I mean, I came to my attention. So, U.S. Senator Court... Flight flex. <laughs> Anywho, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> U.S. Senator Court Booker uh, from New Jersey, of course, he introduced a bill that bans banks from charging some overdraft fees. And, like, this has been a big thing in, like, the legal field where banks have been accused of just wrongfully putting people into overdraft. And they do have overdraft protection plans, which could be dangerous because they sometimes pull out funds that you have or don't have. And it basically puts you in sometimes a vicious cycle of poverty because you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like, you always heard that. Uh, So I think it's a good initiative. Like, shout out to him for joining consumers and, like, their fight. stepping up on that. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, to add this, and I'll take this out, like, the last part, but I think that that also kind of works in conjunction with um, what California is doing with their bail system. So basically the governor just signed a bill, um, Governor Jerry Brown of California, to um, eliminate payment of money as a condition of release. Um, so basically um, Gavin Newsom, who's running for governor now, who's uh, currently the lieutenant governor, he said a person's checking account should not determine how they are treated under the law. So it's basically trying to deter people who are in there for like nonviolent crimes, basically saying like, if we're not going to make sure that you stay here because you can't pay bail mm-hmm. because that's on a higher level impacting persons who don't have the funds to pay bail. Right. So it's the kind of thing of like, oh, I have $10,000. I can pay bail. I'm going to walk out. But like, right. if you don't have $500 for having like a couple ounces on you, if you're like, then you're basically in the system because you can't pay. And basically saying that, or what California is trying to say that basically the law should not treat you differently if you're of, High income or low income, it's the law. It's the, it, if its principle is truly equal and equality, no matter even though it's always like a thing, equality. But it's California that's actually trying to say like that. As of now, we're going to put more in power of judges, which some people have been concerned about, which I can understand why. But I think it is a good step in them saying, hey, it doesn't matter how much money you make if you commit a certain crime, we're not going to hold you in jail because you can't pay bail because then that's basically we're holding you because. 
you come from a certain background or because you have a certain economic status, which is not right. Right. Less important. You know, I think that kind of relates of? to the thing Booker is doing. Oh, him was class. Shout out. Yeah, because it's you know how we always used to talk about the legal system being just and if anyone should or should not be appointed to a public defender. Mm-hmm. So it just made me think about that. Yeah, that was a little off topic. No, <laughs> but that's real. But I think what we're trying to, or I think what both of those bills are trying to do, is basically. Equal out the playing field. Equal out the playing field and that law shouldn't be like determining by how much money you make or that overdraft fees shouldn't like do certain things because if you overdraft that means like you might have a certain economic situation. It shouldn't penalize you for oftentimes trying to make ends meet. Right. If I'm short two dollars, you shouldn't charge me thirty Thirty (laughs) dollars. Where that money (laughs) Hello, this is uh (laughs) Stacy from Wells Fargo. Um Anywho, um, so Serena Williams, and we're going to get to the bigger Nike stuff later. That's going to be the big facts. Um, But Serena Williams has been in the news. First, we're going to hit the Nike um, poster or the Nike ad campaign that was released. I think even though Kaepernick, which we're going to talk about later, I think that was kind of the most newsworthy. I think Uh in terms of the actual poster and what it's signaling, I think the Serena poster was probably the best. And it had a picture of Serena um, about to whip up a little (laughs) 95-mile-per-hour heater serve. Um, it basically said, um, girls from Compton don't play tennis, we period. We, they own it in like all caps. Yeah. So I just think like that symbolizes it was a lot. It's like, it was very, we're not raw. supposed to be here, but we're right. It was raw. And I like, maybe we like, should have waited dope. to talk about this so we can talk about the other one. But, um, I think it was a direct retaliation to what happened at the French Open because yeah. They banned her cat suit, like with all her. Nah, right. But she basically was like, "That ain't my superpower." So Virgil, um, Virgil Ado, I'm sorry. That's his name. Yeah, y'all yeah, know below. the I'm Louis sorry. Vuitton creative director. Uh, he's a great man for African American actor, so he doing his thing too. But he designed her little tutu that she played yeah. in, and it was so funny because it was like, "Okay, I can't wear that. Right, I'm about to I'm, come out I'm here and show y'all what's good and still kick." You know, okay, but uh, so I think that campaign ad was a direct yeah. retaliation to that. And like you said, I think the two are related in that. Um, Serena, and this is what I had earlier, or that I found, is that she was the in 2017 she was the highest grossing female athlete, mm-hmm. and she didn't play for almost a full year because she just had a child. Right. <laughs> so like, Serena, Serena kind of has that same effect that Tiger has, even though they're totally different in like personality and all this other stuff, and that. Tiger One brought blacks to golf to watch and be, made them casual fans, but he also brought viewers across all spectrums. So basically, if Serena's not playing tennis, my mom's not going to watch. My aunt's not going to watch. <laughs> but then, but like people Big aren't going to, people aren't going to talk about tennis on like national news shows unless something happens to Serena. Like. Oh, you're not hearing about tennis. I'm like, oh, Serena wins That's her fifth fact. straight. Or, oh, that, Serena lost early. That is a fact because, you know, I could care less about sports in general. But you know if Serena, Bruh, if something happens with Serena Williams. If she, if I know about it. You, you know, know if she wins or if you know if she loses. Right. So I think that's on her basically saying like, yo. She's a powerhouse. I am women. Not even like, kind of like she is pretty much like the face of tennis, I would she's say. She's a powerhouse. But she's basically like, yo, I run women's tennis. She is the powerhouse. Like, yeah, she's a right. girl. She's the, she, uh, 
<sighs> that's a goddess. Shout out to her. So that's she like doing that's real thing, big. Um, so I'm gonna let Henry do this one because we <laughs> you were so offended. Right, I was so, offended. Okay. You know the queen of soul. She passed away um, two weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. It was on August 16th at the age of 76. It was a very sad thing for a lot of different reasons. It was a lot of controversy to come out of her going away or home going ceremony for whatever reasons. One, uh, you got a John McCain. You you this is what you wanted to talk about. You opened it up. He passed away in the same time. In the same period. kind of time frame, yes. So with that happening, our dear president Obama, he had to make a choice, and Black Twitter Twitter <laughs> was upset that he chose to go to McCain's funeral over Aretha's funeral. I personally feel like it reflects his own political campaign. I mean, I don't think he mean any offense by it. He probably sent some flowers or something. I don't know. But the point here is it's not that serious, guys. I mean, it is because to the larger, like, people, it's like, F y'all. But at the same time, he got to, like, he got to keep his political cool. Guess what? It's not. (laughs) Like, okay, this is what, all right, let me get on my soapbox real quick. And then we're moving on. Um, We got to talk about, bro. Did that second controversial issue to come out of this? No, we're not talking about that. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Executive decision. We're using my laptop to record. <laughs> we're not talking about it. Anywho, with regard to Obama, I think I didn't even know this was a thing until you told me. Um, oh so, like, my God. initial reaction is like, okay, I think it's a very good gesture, even though I think that as political opponents, because that's what they were, because they both ran for president in 2008. Mm -hmm. I think that, especially, it's a good thing to compare with how Trump would act if something of this nature happened. No, but I think that's important, is because I think while Trump is basically... He wasn't invited Bruh. to McCain's funeral, and that's like a real thing. He wasn't. That's but I think, funny. But I think that's important, because Obama's basically saying, like, hey, regardless of party, we can all kind of celebrate a common thing of someone who was... A war so hero. you think he was speaking to the bigger picture? I'm, I'm not going to... I think it's foul to compare apples and... To compare, like, two different things. But I think he was... Especially in a time like today where Trump is president, he was basically showing what a president should do in that regardless of my beliefs compared to yours and regardless that we had a pretty tough campaign against each other, I am able to see your good as not only a veteran of someone who was tortured for multiple years... But also as someone who, as just a pretty big figure in Republican politics, but in just in in the general sense of, we're all striving for one common goal. We just have different ways, and we believe in different ways of achieving it. And I think that's important because I think in this current political climate where everything is, this person believes this, this person believes that, and and Trump is basically trying to hype up divisions. I think it's good to basically at the end of the day see that hey. We can all sit down and say, hey, this person served his country amazing. And I think that's, or amazingly, and I think that's, that's a great way to look at it. You're being sarcastic? I'm being so Okay, sick. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I kind of was being sarcastic, um, but that is a good But I just way think to look it's, a, I think understanding who our president is now 
Obama was doing a thing that basically says, this is how this should be. No, I get you. In the sense of both George Bush and Obama gave his eulogy. Yeah, and it was cute because I seen a little joke that uh, he's... Fast Candy? Yeah. (laughs) He's Fast Candy to a shit. I was like, oh, that's so cool. They're like friends. It's like... Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see a healthy relationship with past It's a transfer of power thing. Exactly. We're all on this together. And you can clearly see the, like... Is not the same type of situation with Trump. So, I mean, it's... And I think that means something. I think while Trump's kind of, like, scribbling all over the page, I think Obama and Bush and all these other people were trying to, like... I mean, of course, this is politics in its most, like, prestigious and its most, like, glorified, neatly presented out way. And on the daily, it's not this. But I just think it's good symbolism to say, like, hey, at the end of the day... We can all come together. We can all come together and celebrate common things in that... Both Republicans and Democrats can both respect someone who served their country, can respect someone who did X, Y, and Z on certain issues. It doesn't have to be a, this person said something bad about me, so I'm not going to go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just think that at some point. Nah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important. So on to some, uh, we got some back-to-back good political news over the past couple weeks. So (laughs) Ayanna Presley, she's the first, um, or she will be, the first um, African-American woman in the state legislature in Massachusetts. She won her primary last night. <laughs> no, I'm just um, excited no, because all great. the like, black girl magic that's just shaking up in the political arena right now, like from Stacey Abrams to Presley to, you know what I'm saying, my ladies, uh, Keisha Lance, like the voters like putting bruh in. Alabama, like yeah, Doug Jones. Name? Doug Jones. Uh, like it's just a lot of black girl magic happening. In uh-huh. there. You know what I'm saying? So I, I love it. Yeah, and I basically she's gonna be a member of Congress because she's not gonna. She's basically not running against anyone in, in November. So I just think that's really great because I mean, it's a big step for humanity. No, and I'm, I think just in a general. <laughs> take you seriously sometimes. But I think like in a general sense, I think it is important because I think it shows that. Um, that people are really kind of getting behind different leaders, and I think they're looking at kind of the status quo in the sense of, hey, they we've had the, the same. That's what's going we've on. We've had the same white men for over. I think he was a ten term. He was over twenty years. Mm-hmm. Let's try something different. Let's have a new voice. Let's have someone who's younger. Let's have someone who's black. Let's have someone who's a woman. And that happened with the um, with the person who just won up in the Bronx and Queens, who was like twenty eight and a former teacher. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that happened with her. Um, so I just think there's like clearly this new energy, and I think people are very receptive to it. And it doesn't matter like whether you're in the Bronx or if you're in Boston. Like clearly, people are saying like, "Hey, let's we want change. Let's do something different. We want change, and I love it. It's more progressive. You know, yeah. it makes me excited. Now, I'm sorry. Henry, <coughs> what, what time is it? Big Fox. Big Fox. Um. All right. So I think this is going to be the biggest thing probably for the week. Um, Brett Kavanaugh is his hearing is this is kind of like a heads up because we're still kind of finding out information about this but I think this is important for everyone to know um, because this might be one of the biggest impacts of the Trump administration Brett Kavanaugh he was appointed in late August to the um, United States Supreme Court he would be um, pretty much the deciding judge on a lot of issues that would be coming before the court um, that could do I mean I know Rachel Jan, Rachel gerrymandering was already decided but other key cases that could be coming in front of the court some that we can predict others that we can't um, this is really important because if he gets passed um, the Republicans will basically now have around five votes and that's all you need to do basically whatever you kind of want on the court 
Um, we're only talking about this because this has generational impact. But then Kavanaugh is in his early fifties, and the judge who retired is in his eighties. So he would basically be on the court for three decades. So, we need a lot of. So we need we're gonna need a lot of manpower. Yeah, here. and I think um, the specifics about it, I think we're gonna try to probably unpack. Hopefully, next episode we can kind of do like a real deep dive into kind of who he is and kind of what his cases are and all that different stuff. Because um, there's a lot of stuff that's concerning. I'll say one thing about presidential powers, which I know Democrats were hitting him on today, was that he basically believes that a president um, doesn't have to respond to a subpoena, which is kind of important because the president's under and his campaign are under federal investigation. So that's important. As Henry's kind of like, what? <laughs> um, so no, that stuff is important. Um, and I think it, like what Henry and I always try to, before I ask, and then I'll get off my soapbox, is that um, we always try to hone the point that elections have consequences. And this is one consequence of Trump being elected that he gets to pick. Judges, it's also another, um, it also signals that if Stacey Abrams doesn't get elected in Georgia, the Republican who would get nominated, who basically is like, yo, I'll deport anyone who's not white, he gets to pick judges in the state. Um, executives get to pick local judges. And I think that we kind of haven't, Democrats, we haven't often understood the power of the court until it goes bad. And recently it's gone bad, where like labor groups can't unionize. Right, like, bro, the recent, like the yeah, summer. The re- yeah, like, it was wild, whoa. crazy. Like, Those decisions racial gerrymandering. Right. Like, they were just wilding. Like, but, like, but that's the effect because Trump got Gorsuch on. That's what I'm saying. And, yeah. and you can. And the, I guess what I'm saying is you can see this effect now, early on. Wait until I'm wait until five years right, down. The line like when he's out of office, he'll still. He will always. He, you know what I'm saying? Because he would have appointed two Supreme Court judges and maybe even a third. You know. When you was a kid, this stuff didn't matter, and you didn't care about this stuff. Because the Supreme, because the judicial branch was always like the branch that like you didn't see, and right, it's not, right. It basically comes out when something right, bad happens, right? And now you're they like, they were like the parents. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> right, it goes in their room. And now, <laughs> as an adult, this stuff matters it because does. it affects your life and livelihood. Yeah, literal in a literal sense. Um, so now uh, on some happier thoughts. <laughs> Um, funny enough, Henry and I first found out about this person, found out about Andrew Gillum, who is now, um, the gubernatorial candidate for Florida. Um, he was the former mayor of Tallahassee and a city councilman there. We basically found out about, um, about Andrew Gillum through Dr. Grant at Howard University, who they went School together at A and M. Yeah. So shout out to Dr. Grant if you look at the H. If you follow her, on, HBC, you yeah. know, you know, if you follow just, her on Twitter, tag her because she's like actually pretty active on Twitter. So she probably listen. Did you make me so happy? So that's um that's important. Of course, I can let Henry kind of explain the whole monkey up comment. You know, you seen the commentary? Yeah, we ain't got it. Like I'm pretty. It was a viral video. He was basically like, "We don't have to monkey this up." And it's like, why would you even say that? Just because, like. Why would you say that? And my thing is, yeah, why would you say that? Yeah, I mean, it's clear. Um, I forgot. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting the guy's name because it was so popular for like two days when this first happened. But he was like a huge Trump supporter. His ads are basically like, make, he's basically like reading to his kid, like, make America great again, like in ads. And he's like, oh, I'm not a big fan of Trump, 
And then he literally says, like, we're going to do this bigly. And I'm like, yo, what the? So basically, that's what he's up against. And I think Florida's a key state. Um, I think it's the third biggest state in the country. DeSantis. Oh, yeah, like Rick DeSantis or something like that. DeSantis. DeSantis. <laughs> this podcast is canceled. This man called him a water bottle. Um, damn. Um, but I think... But I think that's important because I think, one, he's now the third... Um, Gillum is now the third black candidate for governor. And what we've kind of talked about is that, like, black... Well, we might as well announce all three because we've mentioned her name previously. Stacey Abrams, our saving grace. Right, um, right, right. Andrew Gillum from Florida. And Bellangelis of Maryland. Yes. So, I think that's important because how many black governors are there? None. How many (laughs) black lieutenant governors are there? Three. Two Republican, one black. Blacks, how many black senators are there? Three. Two Republican, I mean, two Democrat, one Republican. So blacks don't really win statewide office, and I think that's important to, I mean, one governor is important also because in 2020, they get to decide the congressional lines, which has to do with gerrymandering. Yes. So that's very important. Very important. Um, and also, a governor is basically the most powerful person in an individual in the, state. You're right. Maybe Henry for governor. Henry for governor? Maybe. <laughs> Campaign slogan. Hold up. Um, all right, so now for the biggest fact, everybody's seen it, and I will let Henry take away the biggest fact of the day. Dun, dun, dun. You know, this is like my favorite person of like the past three years, Colin Kaepernick. But yeah, uh, his Nike campaign, which was his face and under it, and believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Powerful. You just gotta let that sink in. <laughs> no, seriously, like when you're when you read that, understand his story, what's been happening in America, and then just as a black man needing some inspiration, it's like, dang, that just slapped you in the face. Like yeah. you gotta believe in something, man. Like you have to. Or I'll say this, I think the slogan perfectly sums up what the past did. three right. years. And then we might as well go into this because well, a random thought, and I'll let you say that. Also, what was under it? Just do it. Right. Which is like, one, it's it's convenient because it's a Nike slogan, but it's also like, believe in something, it's me sacrificing everything to that, just do it. Right. That's Which like, it, it's like, yeah. it adds to like I the... Need to look at that yeah, because like, it adds to it. Like, but that, that was a very like, bold ad for Nike to do that. Their stock dropped the next day. Trump tweeted about this. His tweet, like, I gotta read it. But also people. to add to add on that, and I think one, I think Nike is trying to make the long play because I think when they did this, they knew people would be upset. But also, like we kind of talked about, we're both not surprised that Nike did this. Right. I'm not surprised only because Nike has always been very hesitant to drop kind of controversial athletes on on just from like a business perspective. I'm sure you're while well, you're not surprised might be like from a different side probably relating to business, but I'm just saying from, like, Nike's history is that, like, when Kobe was going through that whole, like, Colorado rape stuff, they never dropped him. When Tiger was going through whatever the hell he was going through, they never dropped him. Like, Nike has always said, like, yo, we're not looking at you to be... And they also did the... Nike is like McDonald's. But, no, also Nike... They, they did. They, <laughs> they also, know who their supporters are. Like, but also Nike pretty. did the commercial in the 90s with Charles Barkley that was like, I'm not a role model. And that was, like, huge at the time because mm-hmm. everyone was 
trying to have their athletes be this upstanding figure who we all look up to. And then Nike was like, no, I'm not a role model. I'm a sports star. Here's what I do on this given playing field. So I think that Nike's always been kind of bold in saying, we're going to take this big step from an athlete or just on a it. message. Just do just it. Do it. it doesn't Very matter bold, what it is. Yeah. In your face. Whatever. I love their marketing. Right. Like whatever like, it is. Their marketing is awesome. But this trying tweet, I got to read it. <laughs> just like the NFL, whose ratings have gone way down, Nike is getting absolutely killed with anger and boycotts. I wonder if they had any idea that it would happen. It would be this way. As far as the NFL is concerned, I just find it hard to watch and always will until they stand for the flag. Bruh, shut up. Just shut up. Um, bruh, Like, yeah, shut up. But bigger point is the NFL did put out an apology like yeah. yesterday, today, something like that. And all of the controversy that's coming from this Nike ad is just like, wow, look who really wins. Because on top of this Nike ad, Kaepernick, he wins the battle like in the NFL collusion case. Yeah. They're going to hear the case, and the team owners now must testify. Right. So it's still a long way, but at least the judge, apparent, the judge apparently us, found enough to say we got right. to go. It takes it a step further. We're going right. to hear the cases because it's a case. So – look who's winning. Like, you know, yeah. when they go low, we go high. And then, like, Kaepernick is my man. Like, I, like, bro, he is an awesome figurehead for what he's doing. And I just wish us as a people could stand behind him more. Like I said last episode, I'll say this again. We should not be watching NFL. We should not be watching NFL. Henry looks at me. <laughs> I'm getting there. Anyway, um... Besides all of that, kudos to my man Kaepernick. Keep doing your thing. Yeah, and that's good. Um, Keep doing your thing. Even though I think Nike also saw it as like a long-term business play, that's some good on them. At the end of the day, like even though I think a part of it is like a business decision of like one, we know it is definitely a business. Yeah, decision. of course, of course. But also, they're looking at like history will judge us better for this, right? But also, that's good on them for saying like, hey, this is kind of like what we should do, right? So that's, I mean, plus, like, it's <laughs> a Kaepernick is it's winning, a bro. Like, he, he is winning. He he is winning. He's winning. Yeah, it's simply just a dope ass. That's all I have to say. So now we're going to go for the pick your head up, son. Um, <laughs> nah, here, we're going to hit you with the heads up. Heads up. Out you know, something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so Lyft, I told Henry this, and he was, like, about to die. Um, <laughs> so Lyft and voting, so companies such as um, – Voto Latino and other advocacy groups that try to um, emphasize participation um, through politics. Um, so the company teams up with those advocacy groups to basically offer discounted and free rides on election day. So basically um, through the app, which is I think, um, or through the app on November 6th, is I think is the election day, you can locate your nearest polling location through the app. So if you try to, if you say, hey, it's election day, let me go to the app, I think it'll, I think what people are saying is that it will automatically place up, hey, your local polling place is this. You want to go there? Oh, 75% like off. Like Yeah, like, hey, 75% off. And I think that's important because um, that is the, very the, important. Oh, yeah. my God! Because the Pew Research Center, um, they put out a study that said that um, 28% of people making under $20,000 a year cited transportation as a factor impacting their ability to vote. And I think that what we've always kind of talked about, like whether it's the Voting Rights Act or different laws or different stuff that like George is trying to do now, preventing like black people to vote for Stacey Abrams, 
is that people voting is a right, not a privilege. And I think people often treat it as a privilege, but it should be treated as something that we all are just able to do as freely as possible. Um, so shout out to Lyft for basically picking up the slack and basically saying like, hey, we're going to help people vote. I think that's important. Um, we also did, uh, can, is, can this be a point where we like applaud, but also ask for more participation with our, uh, with our viewership? These polls, yes. These, these yes. mailbags for y'all. Yeah. Yes. So I think we put out uh, a mailbag um, where we basically asked our viewers to input stuff and we wanted to hear from y'all, hear what y'all want to talk about. The big fact, we did that. Everybody was commenting on Henry's stuff about Nike and Kaepernick. So shout out to y'all. Um, right. You know who posted? You want to shout them out? or? Um, no, not really. Oh, damn. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Um, so basically what I got... Um, Bria, my girlfriend, she once said something positive because often in the news we talk about kind of like some depressing shit sometimes. So I found a couple things that, one, that we will, that I'll let Henry talk about. Um, but one thing that I found that was positive was that um, this journalist, Alice uh, Allison Dunnigan, she was the first black woman who was ever credentialed to cover the White House back in the 80s. Or no, back, I think in the, no, she covered Truman. This was back in the 50s. Um, the museum, which is located um, right by the Capitol, they're basically honoring her and her achievement of being the first black woman to cover the White House. They're basically giving her a statue inside the museum and kind of like her own little like section. That is so So cool. I think that's cool. Um, so shout out to her and shout out to basically the work that she trailblazed to basically make sure that black women were able to cover not only politics, but um, cover the West Wing. So I think that's something positive. Um, we're going to hopefully we can keep giving you all a little positive stuff that we find because the world's crazy. Everybody needs something to smile about every now and again. We didn't hit up. Well, like, we, no, we still going. Oh we, we ain't what? done. We ain't done. Because uh, this... <laughs> like, 21 Savage, him and his financial literacy and how how he's taking that so serious, yeah, kudos to him. He's been on the dock for, like, several weeks for different things. And he's been on that, We've too. We've just been, like, failing to mention him for some reason. But, like, kudos to him. Like, bro is literally, literally he's always, taking yeah. his wealth... And helping transform and change his community. He's, and all, and he's always done that though, which is like really interesting. Or like he's all I think he's he's very interesting because given his background, like stuff he raps about, which is probably true. Uh-huh. I think he has like this very interesting perspective of like, if I could do all this over again, I probably wouldn't. Would. <laughs> and like he always says, like, yo, when I was growing up, I didn't know XYZ. Exactly. Right. And that's so, what people don't understand. Oh, so many of us are not exposed to so much, and it it creates this big gap. Yeah, and so, right. we have to take huge leaps to even play the minimum of a part, you know? Right. So, again, kudos yeah, to Yeah, shout out to him. That's big. Um, so... Bro, I need. I hope they do an owner run free or something because I have to go to a Jay Z Beyonce Kurt concert before I like. You know. You can tell me about it. Right. You <laughs> wouldn't go to the concert. I would, but I wouldn't like. I wouldn't pay that for it. Bro, I would pay the bread. It's a. It's an experience. It's, it's an experience. Hopefully. Anyway, so the point is, from their uh, tour sales, which has grossed millions of dollars. Um, they've created a college fund. Who is they? Beyonce and Jay-Z. Thank you. You didn't say that. Bro, we just... Anywho. Henry and I been fight, y'all. <laughs> Anywho. So, yeah. Shout out to them. Um, and I'm 
This is a good thing. Yeah, Justice for J- Jordan Edwards, the cop who shot, bro. If you don't remember the situation, it was a group of teens in Texas. They were in a car. The cop fired up in the car. One of their kids got shot. Um, cops found guilty of murder. He's sentenced 15 years. Shocking. I'm dead. I'm dead. No, that ain't shocking. I thought you were trying to be no, sarcastic. No, I'm not. Like, yo. That's shocking. Like, oh my. <laughs> it's intense. What? No, so I think. I mean, hopefully, Bro. hopefully this is not an outlier. Hopefully, this is like a thing. It a creates thing. a trend. So, like, well, no, wait. Let me let me specify what I'm saying. In my judicial words, I hope this sets a precedent. There you go. There, you better. It's been a long day. Yeah, we shouldn't have left you without a dope <laughs> pod. Step two, because this has been episode seventeen. 17. Uh, oh, you wanna you wanna drop what we did? We we photo shoot. Oh, we got a photo shoot dropping. And the Twitter dropping. People t shirts. Yeah. Episode 17. Yeah. Holla at us. Yeah. Make it move. What am I?